This is All India Radio. Life must go on. All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasad presents Science Serial. Life must go on. Based on understanding and managing sustainable development. Let's listen to episode number 41. Titled, On the Services of Man, the Ocean Ecosystem. Wake up! Wake up, Daddy! It's almost dawn! And you promised, you promised. <laughs> Daddy, you promised. Wake up, please. You promised you would take me out on the boat with you. Uh, today? What? Daddy, you said on my birthday you would take me out on the boat. Mm. You took Bhaiya out on his birthday. It's my turn now. It's not fair. You promised. Okay, 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 my little captain. Yay! I am up. At least let me wash up and have my tea. Oh, go. Go see if mummy has finished packing the tiffin. Yay! Tell her she needs to pack extra because your Farah Didi and Jacob Bhaiya are coming with us too. They asked me if I could take them to Sagar Island today. Yay! I just love Farah Didi and Jacob Bhaiya. I am so happy. This is the best birthday ever. <laughs> okay, go, 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 go. Okay, bye. Shomi, mm. you shouldn't have really made her such big promises. Why? You know, she has hardly slept a wink all night. She woke me up a whole hour early today morning to prepare everything. <laughs> <sighs> I'm tired as I have to do everything. You just don't help me in anything. Come on, it's her birthday. I know. See, uh, I've packed the extra tiffin for Farah and Jacob in the big steel carrier also. Okay. Okay, so make sure you give them the right one, huh? Yeah, yeah, don't worry, don't worry. Remember, the tiffin with the green handle you have to hand over to them. I've cooked their food with less chilies and oil. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> they always remember me for my food. <laughs> <laughs> but why, Ma? Hmm? Don't Faradidi and Jacob Bhaiya like chilies? Oh, they do like chilies, but not as much as us. You know, your Faradidi was telling me that in a hometown near Ahmedabad, their cooking is actually very sweet and not spicy like ours. Oh, but what about Jacob Bhaiya? Do they also eat sweet food in his house? Because he's in Goa. <laughs> well, Tia, I'm not sure about your Jacob Bhaiya. Um, I don't think their food is sweet in Goa. They just use different spices. Unlike us, the Bengalis. <laughs> Poor things, Farah and Jacob. Shomir, I sometimes worry for those two. They're so young and both of them are far away from their homes. They must miss their families, isn't it? It feels just like yesterday that they have arrived to start teaching fellowships here. So true. All right, all right. Daddy, Mama... Stop hmm? talking so much now. Okay, okay, okay. Daddy, drink your tea quickly. The sky is already turning pink. The sun will be up before we can even get to the boat and 
Faradidi and Jacob Bhaiya will be waiting, no? My God, okay. Tia is so excited. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Tia. Why are you so excited? I know it's your birthday today. Uh, and and by the way, where's your brother, Imon? Ah, uh, Imon, where is he? Imon? Imon, are you awake? Imon. Uh, Tia, you do one thing. Go and see if your Bhaiya is awake. Yes, go, go, go. yes, yes, I am up. It's not like anyone can sleep anyway with all this yelling and shouting at the crack of dawn. Imon. What do you mean, Imon? Bhaiya, Daddy is taking me out on the boat with him. I'm just as big as you were when you went out fishing for the first time, remember? Yeah. Now, I'm just as good as you. Mm, the huh. birthday girl. You wish you were as good as me. Let me remind you, little monkey. Imon. Oh. There is only one Imon. And everyone knows I'm the best. Eli, he's very hot. Uh, that's enough now, Imon. Stop teasing your little sister. But, but... Okay, now do one thing. Wash up your face, okay. take your tea, and help your father carry the supplies out. Okay. And for heaven's sake, try not to trouble your sister when you're traveling. Eli, don't worry. I'll take care of that. Mama, I don't need to trouble her. She was born troubled. Imon. Imon. <laughs> okay, okay. Whatever you say, Mama Beer, whatever you say. Haradini! <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Beer, we are over here. No, yeah. Imon, Tia, we are coming. Oh, hey guys, we are coming. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, Samir Kaku. Good morning, Farah. Hey kids, good morning. Good morning, Kaku. <laughs> good morning, Jacob. Oh, oh, what is this? Little Tia, are you also coming out with us today? Yes, I am. Yes, yes, Jacob, it's her birthday. Oh, and hey. Happy birthday, Tia. <laughs> Thank you. Happy birthday, Tia. Thank you. And I promised to take her fishing out on the boat on her birthday. Okay. She's been driving me mad to keep my word. <laughs> uh, okay. Farah, Jacob, I hope you will not mind if she comes with us today. Uh, oh, not at all, Of Kaku. course not, Samir Kaku. Tia, why didn't you tell us before, Samir Kaku? That calls for a big celebration. Mm -hmm. How lucky we are to have a birthday girl going on the boat with us. Uh, yes! yes. <laughs> let's get this party started, shall Yay. we? Yay. <laughs> okay, okay, come. Let's go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So beautiful out here. Mm -hmm. Look, look. I wish I were a fish. So <laughs> I could live in the sea forever. <laughs> wow. Why do we have to live on land? But why can't we live in the ocean? <laughs> uh, actually, Tia, my little princess, did you know that all life on our planet once came from the ocean? Really? Hmm. Many, many billions of years ago, there were only creatures that lived in the ocean. And all of us today, the humans, animals, birds, are all descendants of these creatures. What are you saying? When? What were these creatures? Were they mermaids? Well, Tia, we are talking about something like three billion years ago. Mm -hmm. Earth was a young planet back then and did not look anything like it does today. It was too hot to live on land huh? and there was too little oxygen in the air to breathe. There were also no plants or vegetation to eat. 
the sea was the only place where anything could survive comfortably and so the ocean was the cradle of all life that's so awesome hmm? i wish i were around then i could live in the ocean and swim anywhere i wanted <laughs> uh faradidi hmm? uh, what happened then why did the ocean creatures leave the sea well imon after many more billions of years approximately about 400 million years ago hmm. the land slowly became more suitable for life there were just the right amount of oxygen to breathe and varieties of food to eat some of the ocean creatures began to venture outside the water for longer and longer periods of time but didi hmm. what made the land more suitable to live on and where did the oxygen and food come from excellent question imon you see actually the ocean had a lot to do with it there were these super tiny plants and other living organisms on the surface of the ocean called phytoplankton and when i say tiny i mean microscopic for example just a single drop of water can have thousands of phytoplankton cells wow, wow. so are they sort of like the tiny organisms and those germs that we can't see on our skin <laughs> yeah something like that yeah anyway the phytoplankton did nothing but drift around on the currents all day and photosynthesize do you know what that is uh, yeah Uh, we learnt in school that photosynthesis is how plants make food hmm. uh, they take in water sunlight and carbon dioxide from the air and turn it into energy to grow yes and they also make oxygen while making food and release this into the atmosphere for us to breathe very good imon you're absolutely right so you see the prehistoric phytoplankton and all the underwater plants fill the earth's atmosphere with oxygen This made the land more and more suitable to live on. In fact, we still have phytoplankton on our ocean surfaces today. And do you know, they carry out half of Earth's photosynthesis. That's a big feat for such little fellas, huh? <laughs> <laughs> But Faradidi, hmm? we learned about dinosaurs in school. Oh yeah. Did the dinosaurs also come out of the ocean? Uh, let's get back to our story and find out. Ah, okay. So, Some of our ocean creatures which we call tetrapods were already amphibious. What does amphi amphi <laughs> what? Yeah, it's amphibious. Ah, it means these creatures could spend time both in ocean and on land with no problems. But now they began to leave their ocean home and spend more time on land than ever before. These creatures were all sorts of shapes and sizes. Mm. Some look like crocodiles, some look like lizards, and some even like eels and snakes. Oh, oh s- sort of like fish with the feet. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, sort of. Anyway, the tetrapods quickly adapted to life outside the water and made homes all over the land. Oh, slowly even their bodies started to change and they developed special traits to suit the climates, terrains. and food for their different habitats mm. some grew wings to fly with some got hard shells and camouflage to defend against predators and others such as dinosaurs grew to massive sizes to eat the abundant prehistoric vegetation oh, oh. so the dinosaurs just ate a lot and got really fat that's why they were so big <laughs> <laughs> not quite imon there are other reasons behind the ample vegetation For why the dinosaurs were supersized. 
Earth's temperature at that time and their own body temperatures had a lot to do with it. Mm -hmm. Anyway, you get the picture. Hmm. All creatures on Earth today are related and can trace their history back to common ocean ancestors. And that's not all. All land and sea creatures are still evolving. Whoa. So, the Earth and its inhabitants are going to look entirely different in billions of years from even now. Mm. Oh, I wish I could go into the future and see how everything is going to look. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can kind of see into the future already, dear. Uh, you know the hermit and shore crabs you have here? Yeah, yeah. All those guys are great examples of evolution in action. What do you mean by that? Mm, well, these crabs once lived in the ocean, but now they have adapted to life on land and spend most of their time on it. But you must have seen that they have to uh, make regular trips back to the ocean to dampen their gills and also get their daily salt intake, right? Yes, yes, I have seen that. Mm. I've seen some of the crabs go all the time and some only once every day or once in two to three days. Uh -huh. So you see, they are becoming less and less dependent on the sea. One day, who knows, uh, all these crabs will be fully terrestrial and never need to go back to the sea. Except, of course, if they want to take a relaxing seaside holiday. So, <laughs> Bhaiya, <laughs> uh, uh, if sea creatures are slowly evolving into land creatures, why don't we just drain the ocean? It's mm -hmm. so overcrowded everywhere. Uh, don't you think if we turn some of the ocean into land, it will make some more space for us? Uh, that's a very interesting thought, Iman. Uh, it is true that 80% of the Earth's surface is covered by the ocean. But it is only because of the ocean that we can actually live on the other 20% of the Earth that is land. I don't understand, Jacob. I thought the ocean was only important for us. For us, I mean fisher folk, mm -hmm. who live on the coast and derive our sustenance, income and livelihoods from the oceans. Not many other people seem to be concerned about ocean and coastal issues. You are right, Samir Kaku. Few of us realize the importance of the ocean. We are linked to the sea with every drop of water we drink and every breath of air we take. Even the weather everywhere is bearable thanks to the ocean absorbing most of the sun's heat. Uh, Jacob, mm -hmm. what about our coral reefs, mangroves and rocky shores? You know, I always feel that the more we damage these, the more we are vulnerable to the impact of storms and harsh weather. You right, are right, Kaku? Samir Kaku. The shores and coastlines do protect us from extreme weather. Just yesterday, I was talking to my friend at the University of Delhi. Mm. She was telling me about a study on the super cyclone that hit Odisha in 1999. Do you by any chance remember that cyclone? Oh, the 1999 Odisha cyclone? Yeah, that one. Yes, yes. Mm. I remember it very well actually. You know, your Ila Kakima and I had just got married that year. Mm -hmm. There was so much wind and rain, even here. Here in the Sundarban during the cyclone, mm -hmm. all the villagers had to take shelter at the mission school. Mm. We all were afraid the building would collapse onto us. Mm. Yes, Kaku, that's the cyclone I'm talking about. Odisha got the very worst of it. 
my friend's team found there were more cyclone related deaths in coastal villages with sparse mangrove cover hmm. villages along the same coast with thicker mangrove belts had fewer casualties for i am happy to hear that your friend study confirms what we coastal folk know so well in our hearts mm-hmm. the ocean and her shores protect and sustain us in every way and the least we can do is return the favor after all our survival depends on it samir kaku your words remind me of a beautiful quote that my mother sent me the other day the ocean stirs the heart inspires the imagination and brings eternal joy to the soul very well said <laughs> how true the ocean definitely inspires and rejuvenates come to think of it mm-hmm. it is part of the history of so many civilizations and nations correct that's true jacob and india is a good example mm-hmm. the bay of bengal indian ocean and arabian sea have always been vital to our international affairs travel and trade and and the ocean naturally protects the indian peninsula too oh uh, yes kaku but i think being surrounded on three sides by the seas is a double edged sword uh, how Well, it can get India into some pretty hot water. Pardon the pun, though. After all, the British did sail into India on the Bay of Bengal, didn't they? Well, good point, Jacob. I can't argue with you there, huh? At least. True that <laughs> right, is. Right, Kaku. Uh, but I agree. There is no denying how important oceans are to India. Uh, how? Well, almost thirty-six crore people live along the coastline, and we are the seventh-largest fishing nation in the world. Oh yeah. yes! Even aside from the millions of people that survive off fishing, the seas employ scores of people in other industries too. Ah, uh, Jacob, do hmm. you mean industries besides ports, shipping, and seafood processing? Yes, Kaku. Tourism, hospitality, energy and research, for example. Oh, uh, and engineering. steel and lumber oh yes and as much as i hate the environmental destruction and pollution caused by oil and natural gas these fossil fuels from the deep in the ocean depths power our lives and keep us moving don't they and did you all know that many of our creams hair care products and cosmetics also come from coral reefs and marine organisms yes sara even medicines for example drugs for tb and hiv come from the ocean and don't forget can you imagine life without salt That's an excellent right, point, Kaku. Samir Kaku. Yes, yes. Ah, uh, it's also so much fun to swim in the sea when it rains. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's not even relevant. You're such a baby. I'm oh, not a baby. Be nice to your sister. Uh, but yeah. sh- it's a birthday. Farah, he's always like this. Uh, I tell you, <laughs> Tia, it's lovely that you like the rain. Yeah. It really connects with what everyone is talking about, actually. Without the ocean there would actually be no rainfall or fresh water anywhere on earth. Can you imagine that? Uh, but how is that for a baby? Well, the ocean is a vital part of the water cycle. Do you know what that is? Uh, yeah, I do, I do. Uh the sun's rays heat the oceans and turn some of the water into clouds. Mm-hmm. When the clouds get cold and heavy, uh they fall down to earth as yeah. rain mm-hmm. yeah. the rain fills up rivers streams and other water bodies and the whole cycle repeats again and again that's right yes <laughs> very good imon i can see now why you are the best student in your class <laughs> ah my son <laughs> you have perfectly described the four stages of the water cycle evaporation condensation precipitation and collection that is mm. But do you know that other than making rainfall, the ocean and water cycle have other superpowers too? Hmm? Superpowers? 
Yes, they are called the El Nino and La Nina superpowers. Uh, I don't understand. What are these superpowers? <laughs> well, let me tell you. In some years during December, the Pacific Ocean becomes extra heated by the sun. This gives the Pacific Ocean the El Nino superpower. And it can get the weather and rainfall around the world to do anything it commands. What? But how, how, how can that happen? Well, did you notice the rains this year and the last years were less and late? Uh, yeah, um, I, I guess so. Mm-hmm. All over India, the monsoon rains these last two years were lighter than usual. Okay. And they also started very late, you know that. Mm-hmm. This was because the water cycle in the Pacific Ocean developed its El Nino superpowers. What do you mean, Jacob Bhaiya? <laughs> well, what I mean is during these last two years, when the waves in the Pacific Ocean became hotter than normal, the air around them also got heated up. Hmm. This changed the usual wind patterns and affected weather all around the world. Oh. And even our monsoons got affected. Okay, so hmm. that explains why they were late also. Yes. And even the monsoon clouds are following IST. IST? Yeah, Indian stretchable time. Imon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Imon. Well, isn't it amazing that all the water on the planet, all the droplets in Earth's lakes, rivers and streams were once part of the ocean. Hmm? Yes, Jacob. That's why they say all rivers and waterways on Earth lead to the ocean. I suppose every droplet finds its way home. Well said, well said, Samir Kaku. Uh, not only do the droplets find their way home, they come home bearing gifts. Gifts? What gifts? I need gifts too! <laughs> it's my birthday! Yes, yes, it is your birthday. But look around and you will find that the gifts I'm talking about are already there. Huh? Which gifts? Do you know where you live? Where? You live in a very extraordinary part of India, Tia. What do you mean by that? Your home. The Sundarban Delta is special not only because it spans two countries, India and Bangladesh. It is at the mouth of four mighty rivers. Can either of you tell me the names of these rivers? Uh, yeah, hmm? that's easy. The Ganga and Brahmaputra flow into the Bay of Bengal on the Indian side. Mm-hmm. And the Padma and Meghna are on the Bangladeshi side. Right on, Iman! <laughs> These four rivers start all the way high in the Himalayas and travel through many mountains, valleys, fields and forests before they get here. Hmm. They picked up a lot of mud, stones and minerals from all these places and bring your Sundarban Delta all these rich gifts from sediments and nutrients. Hmm. Yuck! These are awful gifts! I would not like mud and stones for my birthday. No, no, no. (laughs) But that's you, little Tia. The Sundarban Delta loves the treasure the rivers bring. Uh, But how? The silt and stones you think are so awful are like delicious food and sweets for the land here. They make your Sundarbans one of the most fertile areas in India and Mm -hmm. also feed your mangrove forests that everyone wants to cut down for their hardy wood. Not only that, all your prawns, crabs and other fish know that the best nurseries for their babies are tucked between the roots of the mangrove trees. That's mm. right. Mm. Uh, Jacob Bhaiya, mm-hmm. is this why the Sundarbans are also a UNESCO World Heritage Site? Yes, Iman. The Sundarbans are one of the few places where you can find close to 50 endangered animals in the same place. 50? 
yes. And can either of you name some of those? Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. Uh, India's national animal, the Royal Bengal Tiger. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Olive Ridley Sea Turtle. Yes. yes. And uh, uh, yeah, the Saltwater Crocodile. Uh-huh. Uh The Gangetic Dolphin. Um, oh, and, and the King Crab. <laughs> right That's on, right. Iman, as usual. <laughs> well, well, you know, Jacob, yes, there are fewer birds, fish and animals in these parts now than when I was growing up. Oh. Mm-hmm. You know, the sea has also risen and swallowed more than half of our Sundarban Islands. That's sad. Most of your Ila Kakima's childhood village, Mosuni, is now just an abundant island underwater. Really? Yes. Their whole community had to shift. The same thing happened to people who lived on the paths of Sagar Lochara and Bedford Islands. On top of all these troubles, our crops are failing. You know, some surveyors who came here few years ago Mm -hmm. told us it's because our soil and water are now saltier. Can you believe that? (sighs) I'd never heard of such thing when I was a boy. But everyone agrees that it seems to be happening more and more over the last 40 years or so. You know, I worry about what will left on the Sundar buns for Tia and Iman when they grow up. Yes, Samir Kaku. Uh, I can see how salty soils are a problem. It's because the dams upstreams are blocking a lot of the river sediment and fresh water that came to your Sundarban Delta. Yes. There is not enough river water reaching here nowadays to flush out the sea salt from your soils. You're right. Places like Karnataka are drought-stricken due to poor rains. While at the same time, places like Rajasthan are flooded by excessive rains. Isn't it crazy? Yeah, tell me about it. Yes, it's it's, it's crazy. That's why I think that we all need to go back to the ocean. Because we can swim around all day and not worry about the cold, heat or rains or money or any other problem. (laughs) Great idea, Tia. Why don't you jump into the water and lead the way? And when you get back in this evening, you can make friends with all the shore crabs and see if they will take you on their daily sea trips to wet their gills. Uh, <laughs> and what fun if magically you grow some gills, hmm? you'll sound like gurgling, bubbling underwater monster when you talk and no one will be able to understand you. <laughs> I hate you, I hate you. Okay, okay, enough, enough kids, enough of all this chatter now. Hey. Aren't you all hungry, huh? Yeah. Yes. Come on, come on, come on. Ask Faradidi and Jacob Bhaiya if they would like to eat now. Of course, huh? Of course, Kaku. And you know, guys, Ma has made a special birthday feast. Wow. Alor Dom and Beguni and Bhappa Eilish. Cholar dal and dab chingri to go with the rice. Yummy. That's not all. There is also paish for dessert. Yummy! Yum, yum. Oh, they are all my favorites. Life must go on. You are listening to the 41st episode of this science serial produced by All India Radio in collaboration with Vigyan Prasar. Titled on the services of man 
the ocean ecosystem. Coordinators were Dr. Chandar Mohan and Dr. B. K. Tyagi. Research and script Ananya Majumdar. English translation Sukanya Datta. The episode was directed by Sudarshan Kumar. Presented by Dilip Jha. Recording and mixing Sharad Sharma. The participating artists were Nikhil Divan, Vasundra Bose, Rakshit Khaplyar, Tanvi Khurana, Pranchu, and Mamta Malkani. Hey listeners, please stay with us. Here are two questions for you. The lucky winner will get attractive prize from Vigyan Prasad. The first question is, what is India's national animal called? And the second question is, which famous forests of India are also enlisted on the UNESCO's World Heritage Sites? You can send in your answers by simple post. Our address is, Science Serial Life Must Go On. All India Radio, room number 615, new broadcasting house, Sunset Mark, New Delhi 110001. You can also write on our email ID, that is radio at the rate vigyanprasar.gov.in. Please do write your name, your age and profession. If associated with any science club, then do let us know the membership of your club. If you have any query or question regarding our program, don't hesitate to write in to us. We will be back again with the next episode of this science serial. Life must go on. Same day, same time next week. Till then, goodbye.